You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Patrick Mahomes, you and the Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disney World. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think your happiest thought. And fly away to Neverland with me, your head lost boy, Jeremy. Also known as the Spider Pan. Because I have a nickname because all lost boys have a nickname. Lost girls don't have nicknames because we don't have any lost girls. Girls are too clever. They don't get lost. But we do have pixies. And if you would like to get a nickname or, well, basically you're going to come up with a nickname. You're just going to share it with us and tell us why you chose that nickname for yourself, you can do it on our website, NeverlandPodcast.com, and click on the Neverlanders, and you can join us. There's no cost to it. I don't require anything. I don't even start sending you emails. It's just something fun, you know, to have a nickname, and we announce it, and then if we interact with you, I try to remember, hey, you have a nickname you filed with us. But yes, we're flying to Neverland, and I'm flying solo, so I'll be with you, just just you and me. But you know what? We need that together time. Just, just you and me flying together with our happy thought. So we don't have a co-flyer today, no co-host. It's just me, just you and me. It's that personal time, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so I'm being a little weird, I suppose. But yeah, you know, it's. I appreciate you being along with me here and let me into your ears or into your car, wherever you happen to be. I appreciate that you're here with me and everything because we're gonna try to have some fun today. I got a few different things planned for some, you know, different anniversary that happened this week. Uh, namely, Peter Pan. Peter Pan, February 5th, uh, 1953. So that would make that, what? Let's see, no, 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 that's a lot of years. I don't know, that's math. <laughs> it's math. It's like, and, and that, that would be at least 60, okay, I, I'm not good at that. It's, it's, it's over 60 years now. I mean, 1953. So, yeah, I don't want to do the math. That's, wow, think about that one. That's been a long time. And, uh, the, of course, I'm going to celebrate the anniversary a little bit because this is Neverland. This is what we do. You know, we go to Disney and beyond, and because we enjoy a bit of our youth and we keep young, you know, Peter Pan. And uh, Margaret Carey had mentioned it uh, on Facebook this week, which, by the way, congratulations, Margaret Carey, for being married. She got married again here recently. Uh, and so I want to bring, of course, to that film. We're going to have a little fun with that later. Also, I want to talk a little bit about Kirk Douglas, namely in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, we also have a little bit of fun with, uh, there was a Lamp Life. We'll talk about that here in a bit. A lot of different fun things going on. Uh, I, I have been trying to work things out where I might be able to go to Friends of the Magic 
at Disneyland. It'll be August, uh, I think the 7th is the first day of it, so probably 7th and the 8th as well, that weekend. I'm trying to see if I can work out something, but I don't know that it's going to work out. I think if I'd have uh, been planning on it a long time before, I could have maybe balanced things a little bit and maybe been... Because uh, I can do payments with a, with like Mouse Fan Travel or whatever, but um, I'm too close to August to fit the total cost into my budget uh, for what it would, it would cost me to get there. So I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it. And uh, we are going to get a pretty good tax refund, but I don't think I'm going to be able to use it all that direction. Uh, we do have some, you know, with the house, some things we would like to do with our tax refund. So uh, one of the things I actually want to do is my wife really wants to get a different vehicle. And so I got a, I got a lot of things to figure out uh, with you know, a new furnace. Anyways, I don't want to bring my troubles on you. Let's, let's just get off of that. But I would like to get out there, but I, I'm uh, looking at the cost of things. I don't think I'm going to be able to get there. But uh, I have started thinking, you know, um, if I put some space between like when I start paying for the trip and the trip itself... Uh, you know, if I, if, like, say if we decided we want to go to, I don't know, Walt Disney World in 2021 and that summer, I could probably put a lot more into that trip and then I'd have over a year to pay for it if I can book that far ahead and I can have that trip paid for in plenty of time before we actually leave for the trip. So I'm, I'm getting some thoughts that I might, you know, cause I need to go back to the park at some point and, and my wife has never gone. And if we're, if we're not aiming for friends of the magic, if we're just going to randomly go, I think I'm going to try to go to Walt Disney world. So my wife can see animal kingdom cause she would enjoy that. So, uh, I'm, I've got ideas in my head. I think I can, I can work some things out and I am still plotting and playing with our new budget with, uh, how things are with, you know, new house payment and stuff. And, but like I said, I don't know if I can get to Disneyland this year. I don't know if that's going to work. But planning ahead, I think I might be able to get us to Walt Disney World in a little over a year. Where you know, I can pay for it and make it a little bit more comfortable and easy for us to make the payments for the trip and everything. Uh, so I'm going to look into that. And if I manage to get myself going to Walt Disney World here in 2021, we might just make a thing of it. And uh, maybe we'll have some of you all might be down there and might want to meet me. And maybe even Heather by then. Who knows? Uh, and if Eric is still having his, uh, his seasonal passes or annual passes, maybe he will meet me down there. So, you know, there's, there's some potential in that idea. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm going to make some plans coming up ahead for that. So, uh, just keep listening for that. Yeah. I, Cause I, I really want to get down there cause I've only got one trip under my belt and I know probably many of you listening to this, that love Disney shows, podcasts like this. Uh, I bet you've probably been multiple times or maybe you're like me where you, you don't really get to go that often and. You just enjoy being able to talk to me once a week, and I appreciate that. Uh, which you may have noticed, you know, we didn't have a show last weekend. I have flirted with the idea of trying to maybe do a show maybe bi-weekly instead of weekly. But I think that what was what was holding me in there was the Chiefs were in the playoffs, and I was kind of distracted, and I was really focused. And now the Chiefs have won a Super Bowl, the first time in 50 years. It's my hometown team. Uh, it was great, and uh, this has just been a great celebratory week. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes, I got to watch the live stream of our, our our MVP quarterback doing the parade at Walt Disney World. And also, I love having the sound clip. I wish, though, the commercial included it. Because if you watch the Super Bowl, he said, I've been waiting a long time to say this. I'm going to Walt Disney World. Or I'm going to Disney World. And, of course, for the commercial, they just cut it down to, I'm going to Disney World. But the neat thing about this is, uh, it's like back in 2013... He would have been in high school. He had tweeted 
about that being one of the things he really wants to do is to be able to go and say, I'm going to Disney World. He really wanted to be able to do it. So it's like a dream fulfilled. And of course, once again, dreams coming true involving a Disney park, you know, that's, that's really great. But you know, that just makes us just, we just love Patrick Mahomes around here and we just love that. Well, at least I really loved that and appreciate that he really wanted to be able to do the whole Disney World thing and uh, got connected with some Make-A-Wish kids and then had some kids go with him. He, there was footage of him riding the Rise of Resistance ride with a Make-A-Wish kid. And so it's, it's just been a wonderful week, but it has been distracting for me, you know, focusing on, I've been watching football games, you know, uh, and so I haven't, I don't feel like I've gotten back on my normal schedule ever since having moved because we start getting into the playoffs. And so, yeah, so I know we've been absent for a week and I think I can get back to being my regular weekly schedule. So I appreciate you hanging with me in this. Uh, so, but that's been, oh, it's been a fantastic week, but, um, uh, that's going to be, I was going to mention this as part of our park news, but we'll just move on to that later because, uh, you know, I just want to get into some fun content, uh, and what I like to call, uh, Badly translated Google songs, and I have a couple of songs basically here that uh, are fitting in with the theme of you know Peter Pan. Oh golly, we're coming up on seventy years. It's got to be like sixty-seven years now, right? <laughs> Somebody did the math for me, right? And someone's going to let me know. But let me read from you these badly uh, translated lyrics. Great ideas come to mind. Are you a little happy? Yes. Do you like Christmas toys? Playing a bell? Out of snow? Yes, look at me wherever you go. It's lighter than cake. You can fly, you can fly, flew. Try it now. Think of a mermaid's lagoon under the magical moon. I think I'm in a pirate cave. I think I'll be an in uh, think I'll be a brave Indian. Now everyone is trying. One, two, three. I can fly, I can fly, I can fly. What's happening with you? All you need is faith and trust. And I forgot the dust. Powder? Powder? Yes, just a little fairy powder. Think about the happiest thing now. It's like a wing. Try again. Look. Get up from the ground. Jiminy, what the hell? I can fly. I can fly. I can fly. Okay, that's the funniest part of this to me in the bad translation. Uh, anyways, come on. I've never landed. Come on in with some great ideas. Happy little idea. Think of Christmas. Think of snow. Think of a sleigh on the road. Like a deer in the air. I can fly. I can fly. I can fly. Think happier. It's like a wing. Follow the moonlight path. If the moon is still awake, you will see. I can fly. I can fly. I can fly. From the above, ho, above the blue star, so the earth is not waiting for you, where all your happy dreams come true. All your dreams come true when I have a smile in my heart. More time to get started. Think of all the joy you have seen, leaving the world, and deal with the concern. I can fly, I can fly, I can fly. I love that too. I, I, and deal with the concern, I can fly. So are you really concerned that I can fly? Uh, so obviously that was You Can Fly from Peter Pan, and I ran it through at least 10 languages uh, to get that. Uh, I could probably run it through more languages and get some really absurd lyrics, but I want you to be able to understand when I do it as a spoken word, words come from, so it's part of the fun. But anyways, we got another goofy song. This because for Kirk Douglas and the one Disney film that I am aware of that he was in, he, if he was in another Disney film, I'm not, I don't know of it, but 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, here we go. It was a whale story about the boys, one or two stories, about fish and girls liked. For a night in the seventh heaven... The story of the whale and everything, really. I swear my tattoo. The waitress was Minnie. I met him in Madagascar. A kiss. We ask you at any time. And one night he had his friend's vase. Hit and lift. He replaced me with a trout. 
It was a whale story about the boys. One or two stories about fish and girls liked. Oops, I lost my place because I shifted the thing. For a night in the seventh heaven. The story of the whale and everything, really. I swear, my tattoo. Tessie Typhoon was there. I met him on Java Beach. When we accept, these are bubbles like molar lava. So he gave it to me. I was scared of my little life. Hit and lift. It was the captain's wife. It was a whale story about the boys. One or two stories about fish and girls liked. For a night in the seventh heaven, the story of the whale and everything, really. I swear, my tattoo. Then it was Hannah Harpoon. It was a look that indicated risk. My heart was fallen. When I whisper, I'm funny. Buy tickets for him. Sailors can't pay. Sailors can't pay. And when I filled out my last red option, I did everything. The boys told a story about whales. And now we're talking about whales England, by the way, not about sea life whales, the way it got spelled. One or two stories about fish and girls liked. For a night in the seventh heaven, the story of the whale and everything, really. I swear my tattoo... So, obviously, that was a whale of a tail from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea being badly translated. All right, another fun thing we've started doing is we like to call What Have You Been Watching on Disney Plus? And, well, um, before I get to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, because, yeah, I watched that one, I also watched Lamp Life. Now, I was not able to purchase Toy Story 4 when it came out, so I don't know if maybe Lamp Life was a bonus feature, because it's like an 11-minute long, so it's kind of like a short and I wondered if it would have been like a feature on the DVD Blu-ray. But I think it was made specifically for Disney+. Plus. But I watched it this week, and I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I, if you saw me post it onto our Facebook page, which, by the way, have you liked us on Facebook? Uh, I did say, you know, it's Pixar. It's going to be enjoyable. And I did. I, it was really fun. Uh, this follows the story of uh, Bo Peep. And it, it picks up right at the end of Toy Story 4. And Bo Peep is telling Woody about, well, here's kind of what's been happening, what happened to me immediately. And she talks about being in a room with uh, two girls. One was a baby. And when she starts to grow, she gets a baby sister. And all the adventures of being a lamp. And the little girls wanting to play with her. And the parents being like, no, that's a lamp. You're not supposed to play with it. And then all the, all the fun misadventures that happened that eventually she ended up in the store and then breaking loose of the store because if she wanted to have some play time she was going to have to go to the park and it's it's a lot of fun it's very funny i really enjoyed it if you have not watched it and you have disney plus i definitely recommend go check it out but also this week just yesterday uh in honor of kirk douglas i figured i would sit and watch Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea from 1954 so one year after peter pan and uh, this is just a great film that's all I can, it's it's just a great film. Uh, I mean, I could I would like to read the book. I mean, when you when you consider the book, you know, Jules Verne's book was written in the 1800s because this story takes place in 1868, and they didn't have submarines or nuclear power or anything uh, to things that, that Jules Verne had come up with. And by the time they made this film, I mean, we had a lot of this, this technology, you know. We'd had, a, you know, we'd seen a nuclear bomb. And so it almost seems like it had a message about what mankind has done with nuclear power at that time. And there was a real danger of what, and still is, I guess, what we could do with nuclear weaponry. But I think we're, I think we're a little smarter about it. We know, like, hey, we don't want to be the ones that fire these things, you know. But we have used it to power subs and, you know. Sometimes we've powered our, our communities with nuclear power. There's there's potential to do a lot of good with it, but there's also a potential to destroy ourselves. And I think a lot of this movie speaks to that uh, with technology that uh, we can all the good things we could do with our technology, but it tends to be 
humans that we do bad things with stuff even with uh, the wondrous things we can do with the internet and our connectivity uh we we fight and we argue over things on, on social media which was supposed to be a great thing to bring us all together uh, there are people who use the internet to uh steal identities uh so it's it's a really takes a look at humankind and you have a very interesting character you know captain nemo who's uh in wikipedia they call him an anti-hero because uh, he's oh he's a very interesting character he's very complex and he's kind of the villain of the piece but you very much understand where he's coming from and the more he explains you know about being a slave on an island being forced to get supplies for gunpowder which is just going to be used to make weapons uh, and then when he developed this submarine and this technology uh, having people who wanted him to to give them this technology and they kill his family over it. Uh, just a very interesting character, but this is Kirk Douglas playing also a great character, Ned Landers, uh, or Ned Land. Uh, they have him listed, uh, but oh, uh, Kirk Douglas has just a great character. You know, he's kind of the uh, uh, my wife referred to him as comic relief, but he's also sort of the action hero uh, of this. Uh, he's you know he's a whaler basically. He's a harpoon man uh, as a sailor and ends up on this adventure. I don't want to give too much away of the film though. But, I mean, it's got a great cast. It's directed by Richard Fleischer, who uh, I believe was the son of Max Fleischer, uh, which was a bit of a rival for Walt Disney. And let me verify that. But I know he was uh, Max Fleischer. I know was a rival for Walt Disney. Max Fleischer did a lot of great animation back in the day as well. Um, like, oh, yes, his father was Max Fleischer. But his father did, like, those great Superman cartoons from back in the day. Now, these are Superman cartoons where... You'd see Superman jump, and then they'd show him land somewhere later, and people just kind of assumed that he flew. And so eventually in the comics, Superman became a, a flying superhero instead of just doing great, incredible leaps over tall buildings. He would fly. Uh, but Richard Fleischer, and, and Max Fleischer was like, what are you doing working for Walt Disney? You know? <laughs> but Richard Fleischer directed this film, and he did such a great job. Uh, and this is a very early on. I think this is only the second live-action film made by uh, the Walt Disney Company because originally they tried to do Babes in Toyland, and it didn't turn out as well as they would have liked. Uh, but Walt really wanted to make some, you know, some live-action films. I, oh, this is boy, I tell you what, he got even got a great cast. I mean, let's let's talk about James Mason even, uh, who I mean, golly, as Captain Nemo, he is just. He's got such presence on screen, and they've even impersonated his voice for a while when they had the, uh, before it became the Nemo ride, but they had that where you could actually ride in the Nautilus uh, at Disneyland with a ride. Oh, I really wish I could have done it, but the audio does exist. You know what? I think I should play that audio for you here, uh, but he was such a great actor, and I don't know if I've seen him in anything other than this, but... He was, I mean, uh, he was uh, a villain in The Return of the Scarlet Pimpernel, and I've never gotten to see the original Scarlet Pimpernel. I have read the books, though. Well, I've read one book, listened to one audiobook. Uh, but uh, he's, he must have done so much stuff. Uh, he's in North by Northwest, and I would not have recognized him without the beard. Uh, but the interesting thing is you could watch 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and then watch... Uh, like the black hole, and see some similarities, except for the you know the black hole guy. I think they made him try to look like Captain Nemo, but but the guy in uh, the black hole, he's definitely a little bit more twisted than Captain Nemo. Captain Nemo, he's a hard person, and he's not afraid to kill people who he considers his enemy. Uh, but he, his drive is very different, and he doesn't want to answer to regular rules. And he's a very he's uh, Captain Nemo is a great character, and then of course Kirk Douglas being in this. 
another you know just fun actor. I haven't seen a whole lot of Kirk Douglas's movie. I you know Spartacus. I is I know he's big in that one. I want to see Spartacus one of these days. But uh, and then of course Peter Lorre is in this movie and he's just entertaining. He has a, the very distinct voice. He's just he's just entertaining to watch. Whatever you see him in uh, this and even his small role in Casablanca. Oh my goodness! It's just oh, this is a great cast and it's on Disney Plus. If you've never seen Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Take a moment and take a moment. It's a couple hours long. Sit and watch and just enjoy. And even the effects even still hold up. I mean, the, even the squid, you can tell, you know, it's a puppet and this moves a little wonky, but it looks good, this giant squid. But it's it's just a great movie. If you've never seen it, like I said, take a time, watch it, especially in honor of Mr. Kirk Douglas. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is a completely new type of experience. For the first time, we're going to invite guests to become the hero of their own Star Wars adventure, and you can do it in whatever way you like. They will live aboard a starship for two days and two nights. When guests arrive at Walt Disney World, they will go to this terminal, think of it as a small private cruise terminal, if you will, and you and your family will then be ushered into a launch pod. And this is a small capsule where you will then simulate the experience of blasting off into space. There will be a window overhead until you eventually see our ship, the Halcyon, in the distance. When the doors of the launch pod open and you emerge into the atrium, everything in the spaceship wants to reinforce that feeling of you're on a star cruiser in a galaxy far, far away. The cabins are unlike any place you will have stayed before. These are cabins of a star cruiser. Cabins can sleep up to five though, so you've got the bunk beds that look not unlike what we've seen Chewie sleep in in the movies. We've got that exclusive window that shows a view out into space. Guests will be invited to participate in a variety of activities. For the first time, both adults and kids alike will get to wield a lightsaber and face off against a training remote. Every guest will be invited to take a tour of the bridge of the ship. So this is where the navigation systems are, this is where the defense systems are, so that training that you do as part of your bridge tour ultimately pays off as part of this much bigger galactic Star Wars story that you're a part of. Guests will get to go on a planet excursion to the planet of Batu to visit Black Spire Outpost, Galaxy's Edge. Guests will take an exclusive transport and they'll emerge straight out into the land. If you're a guest coming to Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, you're going to be a part of a story and live out your own Star Wars experience. All right, now I want to get into a little bit of park news. We got to see some footage of the Galactic Star Cruiser. This is that resort going on in Walt Disney World where it's basically a Star Wars resort. And you get a couple days on the ship. They make it seem like you're getting on a uh, 
like a shuttle that's taking you on board this big ship. And then you're going to get, a, you know, a day of coming into the parks. But you get to live an adventure on board of a ship. And they're going to make it seem complete like you're in space. And then apparently by the end, you get attacked by the First Order. And they say that the cost isn't going to be as bad as you think. Now, I'm not sure exactly when this is supposed to open, but I guess it's coming soon. Maybe, but you know what? I was talking about going to Walt Disney World in 2020. Maybe by then this will be open and I can get myself in there. But I want to make sure I have a full park experience to be able to experience everything at Walt Disney World because it'll be my wife's first time and only my second time going. Uh, but, oh, that was just really neat. I mean, we've been hearing stuff about it for a good long time. But to actually get to see this video, wow. It was fantastic. Now, over in Disneyland, uh, March 5th, they're going to have a Pixar night, Disneyland After Dark. This is going to be a special after-hours event. Uh, this is going to basically celebrating Pixar Animation Studio. And they've got some uh, some art of what's going to be some dance parties, like with Monsters, Inc. character. Well, just Monsters. I mean, Monsters University. That whole kind of thing. So, I mean, you get to you have a record-breaking scare day that's apparently happened. So, you're going to have a dance party going on there. Uh, there's going to be some unique food. There's like a, I'm not even sure what I'm looking at, but there's looks like a bread thing on the Disney Parks blog, this bread kind of thing that looks like it's got uh, a sully kind of hair coming off of it, you know, with icing. So I'm sure that's a very nice, sweet treat. Blueberry vanilla shakes, photo ops with uh, like Buzz and Woody and, uh, and even Miguel from Coco. Uh, just oh, merchandise, after-hour access to attractions, and get Disney's California Adventure, all starting at 5 p.m. This is a separate ticket, uh, but it definitely sounds like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm a big Pixar fan, so I, I would, I'd be excited to go to this. This sounds like a lot of fun. Something else will happen, and also at about that same time, March 4th, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is set to open at Walt Disney World in the Hollywood Studios. And they've shown what the marquee looks like. And it's just a really cool neon light uh, that's going to be the marquee for it. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about this ride other than it's going to be something where you're going to be like in a Mickey Mouse cartoon. Like these newer ones. Uh, it's going to be fun. I, you know, I, I kind of miss the old, you know, I, I'm glad I got a chance to ride it. The old, uh, and I'm forgetting what we called it, but uh, where you're riding through the movies. That was a neat ride. But this looks like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they've done with this. Because every time they make something new, it's usually pretty good. Uh, but we did also learn a few details. Uh, this is over on Chip and Company about the Avengers camp campus that we've been hearing about coming to Disney's California Adventure. Uh, this is actually, I think was, they're planning to open it uh, maybe even over the summer. Uh, yes, this summer they're expecting it to open up. They've been working on this for a while. Uh, and you've got the, it's got phases. So the first phase is going to open. It's got a Spider-Man attraction, a Doctor Strange show, an Ant-Man and the Wasp restaurant, and Marvel character rooftop stunt show. And then a second phase will open on an unannounced date with an Avengers e-ticket attraction. Uh, of course, I mean, I just wanted to see the Spider-Man ride, but, uh, there, there's been, we've been hearing and seeing some stuff about an animatronic stunt robot of Spider-Man that will actually be able to run across and perform mid-air acrobatics overhead and be able to swing and all this kind of stuff. I mean, this is some, as, as, as they've been saying, they, they call it next-level stuff. But it's going to seem like Spider-Man is actually going around now. I'm sure they've tested this out so you don't have a sudden accident and Spider-Man comes falling down from the sky and breaks somewhere. I'm sure they've taken care of this, but... 
Whoa. I mean, this considering this is going to open like over the summer, that does almost encourage me to try to see if I can get to Disneyland over the summer. Uh, but like I said, I don't know if I can make that happen. But boy, if I could, I would want to go and check this out. But I'm going. it's going to be super crowded, I know, this first summer. Uh, but the Doctor Strange is going to have an outdoor stage show, uh, special effects and projections simulating the Sanctum Sanctora. Uh, he was Sanctorum, sorry. Uh, he's going to teach the audience how to harness energy from other dimensions, bends the laws of space and time and space. You know, laws of time and space. I almost said space and time, time and space. Yep, redundancy department has unlocked and then unraveling the mysteries in the universe. And speaking of um, Doctor Strange. There's, I just want to mention at least a rumor because we, the, they did lose their director and they're, they're, what's flying around is that they're maybe talking to have Sam Raimi direct it, which if that happens, yes, <laughs> Sam Raimi, because they want to use some horror elements in the next Doctor Strange film, Sam Raimi as a director, oh my goodness, I would love that, but I'm not going to get excited until I have a little bit more than, you know, circulating rumors. Because I, I hate to report on rumors, but oh, that, that, the uh, very idea of it. It just sounds great. Some other interesting things that happened is the Disney Wonder had its inaugural voyage out of New Orleans. And so this is the first time, this is from the Disney Parks blog, this is the first time they've had a home port in Louisiana. And uh, you'd actually can, they had a big celebration, Princess Tiana and Prince Naveen were there. They had a New Orleans uh, Trem brass band. And this is, it's a limited engagement season. They're going to sail out of New Orleans. Now they're going to visit the Bahamas, the Caribbean, stops at Disney's private island, paradise known as Castaway Key. Uh, those of you who are into a cruise and, you know, this being, I, I guess, a limited time engagement, uh, there's, this is your chance to do something kind of neat and different, I guess, really. You know, so uh, go check it out if you're into I, I One of these days, I'd like to, like to take a Disney cruise just because. And if I ever do it, I'm going to talk to uh, Scott and Tracy from Disney Indiana to give me some tips on how to take a Disney cruise because they've done a lot of them. Uh, but that's all I really wanted to grab from news. The only other things is, well, let's take a visit to the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh. Oh. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. Oh. The Neverland Trailer Park. Close the gates! Six of our northern cities have fallen in a coordinated attack. Their leader fights alongside a witch. Crush these murderers. Your Majesty. Every family must contribute one man to fight. You're a war hero. You've already made many great sacrifices. My father cannot fight. So I will take his place. The northern invaders will kill her. If I expose her, our own people will kill her. When we take the Imperial City, I will take revenge. For my father. What is your name, soldier? Hua Jun, Commander, son of Hua Zhou. You will now take the oath of the warrior. Loyal. Brave. True.
you will die pretending to be something you are not. Yet here I stand, proof that there is a place for people like us. A girl threatens all plans. A warrior. All right, so Mulan still looks pretty exciting. I'm I want to check it out now. I am I'm very much still tired of Disney remaking all of their great animated films because I love them the way they were. But you know, I I still I enjoy well. I want to say I want to say fifty percent of the time I do enjoy these live action remakes. I don't always buy myself a copy to watch at home. Uh, and even the ones I did buy Cinderella, but I didn't see it in theater, so I wanted to watch it. And I did, I did like Cinderella, so I, you know, I do have a, that copy on Blu-ray. Uh, and uh, see, I didn't buy the live-action Lion King, but it's now on Disney Plus. So if I want to watch it again, I will. And you know, but I've I've bought some of them, and but a lot of it, as I think uh, Eric has called them, is like they're almost like apology movies. When they keep making these things, they seem to have more of an agenda to, well, I guess modernize uh, with mentalities and. You know, there's just one scene where Mulan is talking to this uh, this witch, and it's like, oh, we we have a place in this world that just have to accept us. So, and I, I hope they're not they don't lean too heavily at some point on, you know, yay feminism. You know, I don't need that. I don't need an agenda in a movie. I just want to be entertained. Uh, and this movie's already having some problems because of um, the lead actress's stance on the, you know what's going on in China, where where some people are protesting and trying to get their freedom. Uh, from the government, and you know, there's there's some social change going on with uh, basically, yeah, like they're aiming for more freedoms in China. Uh, it's a big kind of complicated issue, and uh, she's more in support of the Chinese government. And there's people who are really mad at her for that. And I, but I don't want to get into that. I just want to go see a, a film that looks to be very entertaining. Uh, the what I do find interesting is they're saying, oh, we're going to be more realistic. We're not going to have any musical. There's not going to be Mushu. But then you have a witch that turns into a bird. That is not realism. <laughs> so either way, though, I it looks like it's going to be good. I just hope they don't disappoint me and because you can get too far into an agenda. I mean, it's nice to have a little bit of a message or something, something nice to come home and think about in a film. But when your film seems to be centered around an agenda, it really bogs it down and it's not fun anymore. So uh, we'll just see how that one turns out. But I know it the... They've really made a good trailer because it does look exciting, and I do still want to check it out. Uh, but here's another trailer. I guess this was based off of a book. This is something I hadn't heard of before. It's coming to Disney Plus. It's called Star Girl. That was the first time I saw her. But before we talk about her, I have to tell you something about me. When I was nine, we moved to Micah, Arizona. As the new kid, I became the center of attention real fast. And not in a good way. It was then that I realized I was going to need to disappear. No one would see me. No one would hear me. I was going to have to be just like everybody else. And then, one day... When some loud bragger tries to put me down... What's her name anyway? Stargirl. My name is Stargirl. So be true to your school You should talk to her. She likes you. She doesn't. You 
like Stargirl? I don't really know her. But maybe if you did, you might. Won't you let me walk you home from school? Mom, were you ever afraid of what people thought of you? Figuring out who we are is the one thing no one else can do for us. Won't you let me meet you at the pool? Did you want to ask me something? If it's so, well, let me know. Sometimes I'm quiet, but I'm just thinking. Scream, Leo. Why would I do that? Don't you want the universe to hear you? Since she got here, things have been different. Some people are just like that. Being with you is the most anyone has ever looked at me in my entire life. There's just something about her. She's not like anyone else. <laughs> is she magic? You think things have to be real, more magic. But the best things... Now, this just looks nice. I'm not considering it exceptionally deep. Um, I feel like I've seen movies like this many times before, but, you know, I think I kind of just want to check it out. It just looks like it might be fun and interesting. So, you know, I, I, I don't know what more to say about this other than just like, you know, a, a nice movie is just nice once in a while. <laughs> and that was another redundant sentence, I know. Uh, but I think, you know, I'm going to check this out. one. this one kind of got my, you know, my interest and in just... It might just be fun, and sometimes I just need that. Uh, and this looks like just just nice. Just that's the only word I can come up with. It just looks nice. So now uh, moving on with the show, uh, I want to do something special because of the anniversary of Peter Pan that was this week, and like sixty-seven years, if I've got my math right, which I might. Uh, golly, how many years ago? This was like season three, so this would have been like what twenty eighteen. So this, well, this has been a while back. Well, no, or maybe even, I don't know, but a while back, I got a chance to meet and sit and have a one-on-one -on -one discussion with Margaret Carey at the Kansas City Comic Con. And I would just like to share that audio with you again. This is from, like, episode 141. Uh, but enjoy. To Disney and beyond. <laughs> All right, Neverlanders, we're here standing with Margaret Carey, Tinkerbell herself. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to meet you. The Neverlanders broadcast. Yeah, Neverland pod podcast. podcast. So it's appropriate. I had to talk to you. Oh, well, of course. You know, it's so interesting. When I do my research or I talk to people, they ask me questions. There are many, many people who spell Neverland for two words. But I Fine. happen to have the original... <laughs> book by James M. Barry with me, and he spells it one word, mm -hmm. and every once in a while he says never, never land. Exactly. Just every once in a while. So that's, that's your lesson for today, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and buy a good hardcover. I, heck, I got a hardcover for about $10 at a Barnes & Barnes Noble, if I can speak English. <laughs> 
It is a very price thing. It's very nice hardcover, so it's and it's worth having. Classic books are always worth reading. Absolutely, and it's lovely to hold a leather-covered book in your hand. <laughs> you feel so swell, elegant. It's like, look, I'm reading sophisticated literature now. That's right. So, even though I've probably been through the book more times on audiobook, I kept checking it out of the library. I used to work in an office, oh. and so I'd listen to it and listen to it. And well, just... do, you, do you remember that in the book? If people haven't read it, they they may not know that all the lost boys were. T- Taller than Peter Pan. Yeah, because they, they described him about six years old. Yes. So he had his baby teeth. Yes. And the other thing was that that Peter could never figure out what twins were. And he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. let any of the boys tell him because the rules were that none of them could know things that he didn't know. Right. Otherwise, they were out of there. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, and my wife actually quotes the book at me when I would say, Oh, look how did, well I did it this. She'd say, Oh, the wonderfulness of me. <laughs> Which Peter says that like 10 times throughout the book. Well, of course, and he's right. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely... We forget um, that, that he can be a little bit manipulative. Yeah. And I actually, you know, I did over six, 600 cartoons, voiceovers. Wow. The Clutch Cargo, The Three Stooges, um, Space Angel for television. They're still running. And so I speak different dialects and have several different voices. My goodness. And the, so one of the things that, I, like I do here at Comic-Con and, and do at Disneyland when I, I ask to, is I read from the book actual scenes and then I do the voice of uh, Wendy, you know. Oh, Ooh, Peter. Are you going to do that tomorrow at the panel? I am. Oh, I'm okay. I, I am. I'm and totally going to be here. And then Peter is, <laughs> Peter's. Well, well, my name is is, is Peter Pan. And what do you mean? Yeah, that's all. Just Peter Pan. And then, of course, Tinkerbell. She's a little different than that. <laughs> yep. So I do the different voices and I read the scenes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I, I have a lovely time. I did that in front of two major audiences at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Oh, my gosh. If you can believe. Wow. They, I got a standing ovation. But, of course. But James M. Barry will always get a standing ovation. Yeah. Well, it's good stuff. It's good books. I'm still trying to find, because I guess there's a second book, Peter and Wendy, and I never find it anywhere. It's my understanding that Peter and Wendy was the title that he gave the first book, mm-hmm. and then it, it got changed. However, it's very muddy, uh, at least my deep research. <laughs> I like Wikipedia. Yes, I like Wikipedia. I'm sorry, Just folks. not always accurate, but it's... It, you hey, it's close enough. <laughs> yeah, close enough. If you get into other research, I mean, they take four pages to tell you that he was actually born on the fifth block over on the third a house, you know, up on the second floor on the ninth. I mean, you say, I really don't need to know yeah. that. Well, except for Walt Disney, I do have to know that because, you know, he's got his one of his childhood homes is actually here on Bellefontaine. I went over there, I took some pictures of it, and I actually hosted a panel at Planet Comic Con this year. I had some people from the museum in Marceline come down. We talked about his time in Marceline. Have you ever gotten to visit up there in Marceline? Now that I think about it. Uh, no, but they have visited me several times when they've come to town, you know, with the, the shows, and mm-hmm. so I've gotten to know them quite well. It's a beautiful museum. You got to go sometime. I missed I missed going on the Carol Wood Pacific. Uh, that is the railroad uh, that Walt Disney started. That was the name of oh, his cool. of his um, railroad in his in his backyard. Oh, and yeah, so the there is an organization, Roger Brogy, and they piled you know, anyone can join it. it it's just a wonderful idea. 
but they piled everybody on the train oh about four years ago and they went to Marceline on a special mm. coach and they had a 4th of July party oh. there and I I was doing another show oh, so no. I couldn't go Actually, just a couple weeks ago, they had some Disney legends that were like the original Club 55 cast members there. They love having Disney legends visit, I tell and they'll you, let you do a program. There you go. I, you can sell no, some more books. No, it, it's it's <laughs> just, it's, it really is amazing. Walt Disney is amazing. We were just talking about this project here that I'm backing, which is Thank You, Walt Disney, mm-hmm. which to me is so important because, and we were joking about it, but it's true, that Walt Disney changed the world. He changes, I don't care where it is, I don't think if anyone has ever seen a a movie, they've seen a Walt Disney movie, I don't ever think that one of their kids will ever let them kill a mouse. (laughs) Right. You know, you're not going to kill Dad, are you, Daddy? No, Daddy, no, no, he's so cute. What? He's so cute. Walt Disney says so. And and Mm -hmm. he changed our direction of the way that we feel about animals. We do. I remember. See, I'm so old. I was born in 1929, and I caused the depression. Oh yes, I did. You're laughing, but it went right downhill from there. So I went to work when I was four. Wow. But my parents were old enough to be my grandparents. So I have a tremendous history behind me of how they lived their lives with me in their life. They were 53 years old when they adopted me. Wow. Adoption was a big thing in the Depression time. Yeah. So, uh, but I know how they looked at animals, and I know how they looked at children. And, for example, putting me to work at four, uh, when I was four was nothing. That's what kids did. Yeah. My dad told me, the, uh, the one... I found my family after 50 years, by the way. Wow, cool. Yes, it was a, it's a pixie dust survive, <laughs> I will yeah. tell you. But my dad told me when he was seven, he got the job of currying the horses next door for the neighbors. Wow. And he got 50 cents a month for doing that. Mm. And then he sold newspapers before he went to school. Always could put money on the table on Friday night for his family. He said, all the kids. We didn't think anything about it. Nowadays is, oh! You did what? That poor child. I have to drive them to school strapped in, and, yeah. you know, kind of thing. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it's very different. Yeah. So animals were not that big thing. I mean, animals were animals. But Walt Disney has given us heart for yeah. them. And Mark Davis, of course, who designed Thunker, Thumper and Flower mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, who, who did the greatest animals, but he did the females mostly for Disney, yeah. <laughs> but he did great animals. He just gave them heart. Yeah. And I think that that's what Walt Disney has done. He's given the world the opportunity to say, I have heart for other people and other things. So getting uh, his building done here and getting the, uh, thank you Disney, uh, thank you Walt Disney uh, organization, getting places where kids could come and learn animation, right. can learn about him. Can I think it's fabulous. Yeah, because we're losing that art of hand-drawn anything. Everything is so computerized now that... Well, you will be happy to know that every day I live in Glendale, I drive by the two great big huge buildings that are all dedicated to hand-drawn. Awesome. Yes, and I go, wow, it's right <laughs> at Imagineering at the Creative Campus. I live, uh, I could walk over, actually, and ABC uh, uh, News 
is I walk. I can walk over there, <laughs> and on the other way, I have to drive over because it's two miles to a, to Disney Studios. Mm. So I'm right in the middle of that. <laughs> Fun place to be. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> so, how has faith played uh, a part in your life? Faith has been very, very important because, as a child, I grew up. I was at dancing school. I was at school. I was doing my homework. Um, my parents were on either side of me when I went any place. I had no friends. Hmm. And I was yearning for something else. And my mother told me when I was 18, she walked into my room and said, You may now date. <laughs> and turned around and said, What? You know, because if you were a child actor then, and I think it's probably true now, you never looked at the opposite gender. Hmm. Because that meant that maybe they wouldn't hire you. You were no longer a child actor. Oh, you know? like, oh wait, you've grown up now. And in one of the scenes, it is, I tell the story in my book um, with the Eddie Cantor movie. I was there with Dick Humphreys, who was my sort of love interest, sort of, <laughs> you know, you could. And the director, Gordon Douglas, wanted us to flirt with each other. I have to tell you, we worked and worked. We didn't know what flirting was. He was quite disgusted with us. So when you see the movie, it's two people sort of looking coyly, you know, over our shoulder. But so I, I said to June Wilson, who was the dance stand-in for Joan Davis on the movie, where do you find boys? I, you know, I wouldn't know what to do with them if I found them, but at least I could know where they were. She said, you come with me to Hollywood Presbyterian Church on Wednesday night at Christian Endeavor, we got him. <laughs> and so I dressed up like a beautiful movie star. I read my movie magazines. I knew how you could do that. <laughs> and I went over, and sure enough, there were about 200 young people there. And uh, there were boys there. Oh, I would, that was good. <laughs> and then this wonderful woman who is very famous in, in Christian history, Henrietta Mears, came out and talked about arguing with God. Mm. And I thought, i I got to know that. i got to know that. And I discipled under her and became a, a Christian 1949 on St. Patrick's Day. Wow. Yes. Found out later with my, when I found my family, I'm Irish and Scottish. So <laughs> it worked. It worked. So no it, it, it's, it's always been very important to me. And things like talking to a friend last night here in Kansas City about animation and his love of animation. And uh, I'm desperately trying to think of the man's name who Fritz the Cat. Um, what is the name of the animator producer who changed the direction of animation so it could be R-rated? Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I've I, never seen it. I knew him. He was my neighbor around the corner. I was never so sad and, and yeah. disgusted in my life. Why would he do that to animation? And, of course, now we have those questionable animated shows on television mm -hmm. that I heard one or two of the directors actually say, I can't let my children watch my animated cartoons with me. Yeah. And you think, what kind? So so you can understand. I want, yeah. I love the... the I love the happy ending. Yes. I love the virtuous people that Disney puts in his movies. Mm -hmm. I love the way he deals with animals that seem to love each other. Mm -hmm. So that that's faith-based. Exactly. 
That's a, you know, a lot of his character came from he you know he didn't always go to church, no, but he had but that moral background. A lot of us don't either. But, yeah. but it's you know it's our guide. It right. is absolutely absolutely our guide. And uh, as they say in Peter Pan, faith, trust, and pixie dust. And faith is always the first word in that. Absolutely, and I use it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And back to the uh, to the Ronald Reagan. Uh, library where I gave the two speeches mm-hmm. one of the things that I I got a standing ovation for at the very end you see mm-hmm. and if you I don't know whether people know but Ronald Reagan had a saying which they have on slogans and so on for him maybe you'll catch it so I said everybody remember it's faith and trust but verify <laughs> <laughs> and pixie dust right <laughs> And actually, you have to verify at the same time. But you look for that. You mm-hmm. look for that. And that's the yearning that I think people love uh, Tinkerbell because she's always looking for that. She's always going around the corner. You know, the first time we find her, well, you've read the book. Yeah. And the first time we find her in a jug. She liked it very much. She'd never seen a jug before. Yeah. She could hardly wait. And that's me. What's around the corner? Curiosity. And I, I, I think... People and the expectancy that it's going to be wonderful, mm-hmm. not what we are sort of getting. Uh, I'm not getting political or anything. I don't mean that. But for years and years and years, I love the the California Angels. They're my they're my team back at baseball team. <laughs> and if they won a team, my newspaper would say, "Angels squeak through." They can't say that the Los Angeles Angels or the California won the game. No, <laughs> yeah. they squeak through. Yeah, it sounds more dramatic. But it's yeah. also negative. Every, right. All these negative. And don't let don't anybody let that happen to you because it's so easy mm-hmm. in this day and age if you're reading a newspaper or any of those things. Mm-hmm. It's all negative. Yeah. So, but anyway, Tinkerbell is not. <laughs> right. Tinkerbell is lookout world. Here I come. Right. Lookout Neverland. Here I come. <laughs> yep, and that's what uh, with my show, what we call Pixie Dust. We say our phrase is to keep a pixie in your pocket, and we talk about having that young at heart, good attitude. And Pixie's us is sharing that good attitude with other people. Oh, that's one. That gives me tinglies. <laughs> <laughs> but that's to us. That's Pixie Dust. Is because our attitude. If we keep the right attitude, it's infectious. We, if you go up and you smile and you oh, shake my. somebody's hand. Oh my! It's Every once in a while, uh, it, it, but you don't know that that person who didn't accept your smile might not walk away and think about it. Right. You just never know. You know, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't remember every single opening of the uh, Walt Disney shows. They were all named different things, but he was there, and he called it fairy dust. Right. So I have always said when he had fairy dust in his pocket. I had pixie dust and I brought it into the room. So those are really two different things. And yeah. I figured, fairy dust, yes, that's Walt Disney. Fairy dust. <laughs> the rest of us, we have our pixies. Right, right. But, uh, golly, I, I think I've, we've covered about everything except for, well, uh, you got to meet Walt Disney there on the set. Of I did so I several times. Several times. He was charming. Uh, he didn't really know my name. He knew, you know, Margaret, but that was it. One time I had told Jerry Geronimi, one of the directors who was always on the set with Mark Davis. Mark Davis, by the way, was an absolute genius gentleman, 
fabulous man. I mean, he was just one of those that you would want as a friend. Uh, that's not putting down Jerry Geronimo. He was he was a feisty little Italian. But <clears throat> anyway, I had mentioned that I had gone to school with uh, Sharon and Diane at Monticello oh, really? School for Girls. Wow. It was it was brief. I think it was about one year or so. And he evidently mentioned it to Walt Disney. And as we're standing there, Walt Disney looked at us. I understand you went to school with my daughters. You know, that wonderful Midwestern twang that he had. And I wish I could say I was brilliant. I wish I could say I said something. I said, yes, they were in different grades for than I was. <laughs> you know, and to this day I'm thinking, wow, that was brilliant. But anyway, and then it sort of stopped the conversation. And he stepped back and came back and said, I think they must have liked you. And I thought, isn't that neat? Yeah. And, and, and he came over several times actually to see Mark Davis and the cameraman and the crew. And I just happened to be there, so I was invited to be in on it. But it, it was a thrill. And in my book, I in that chapter, I put his name in, in capital letters. Walt Disney, because I said that's the way I felt about it. Then he was also the head of the studio. You wow. see, I had worked at every major studio for all the years before I worked at Disney's. And the head of the studio, he was God. You never saw him. Right. Or if you did, everybody stepped out of the way to allow him to pass, you know, that kind of thing. As a matter of fact, I was working at Fox when I got the call to see about um, interviewing uh, with Mark Davis over at Disney. <clears throat> and Georgie Jessel had come on the set. He was the uh, he was running Fox at the time. I swear to you, he had an entourage around him. Wow. He was shorter than I was. But uh, I thought there were six trumpeters in front of it in uniform. It felt like that. And a, a dancer who was right behind me said, um, are we supposed to curtsy? <laughs> but you, you did. You had that feeling. Yeah. And here I was talking to the head of the studio. And it was about the fourth a third time that I realized. No, let's back up about the, yeah, the third time. Not only is the head of the studio that I'm chatting with, he's Walt Disney. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, I wasn't too fast on the uptake. <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Because they were guys. They had stuff to talk about, sure. you know. And here's this little thing standing over here in her bathing suit and her cover-up. I would never meet him unless I had my little jacket cover-up over yeah, Those were the days when it was Mr. Davis, Mr. Disney, Mr. you know, whatever. Yeah, modesty and respect. Exactly. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with it either for right. anybody. It was, it was pretty great. I talked to Catherine Beaumont about it, too. Uh, and said, did you ever feel uncomfortable there of the things that, that you were doing, you know, all male crew and rough and ready and so on and so forth. She said, no, it was absolutely, uh, Mark David or any of the directors would not put up with it. I felt very protected, is what she said. Helene Stanley was a friend of mine who uh, fortunately died young, but she did... Mm, what princess was it? She she did a beautiful job. But she told me the same thing. She said it was really wonderful to go on the set and not worry about... Because she was cute as a bug. You know, just adorable. 
and we, we all sort of felt that way. And I'm walking around in a one-piece bathing suit. <laughs> so. Yeah. So what was it like? Uh, I gotta ask, of course, about the Lone Ranger. I didn't. I've never watched much of the TV show, but I love old radio shows. Oh, I do too. Uh, so I'm I, crazy about it. Especially, there's a, a Christmas episode I check out of the library every year of the Lone Ranger. I love it. Uh, and you got to be on the show. I did. I got a call to go over, and I thought, well, I know how to be a female on a, a, a western. Yeah, I'll get in the way of the guns and, and say something stupid, you know, and wear a, a dress that shows off your whole anatomy that had nothing to do with the Old West. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like that at all. I got to play Jane Carter. And, of course, I had lied to to the casting people that I could ride. I mean, we all did. <laughs> so they just had me dismount, which was smart of them. And I was a, a, a tough little cookie, a daughter of an injured rancher. And that was... Uh, so I got to do a lot. But the biggest thing was, the biggest thing was, I'm the one who got to say, no, Dad, he's the Lone Ranger at the end, the height of my career. There you go. Well, thank you so much for taking some time with us. I've been told we need to wrap up, um, but this has been wonderful. It's great to have finally met you after all this time. And, and the truth is, the name of my book, which is Tinkerbell Talks, I certainly do. <laughs> well, that's great, because you've got so many stories. Uh, I know, and I'm a, basically a storyteller. Being Scots-Irish, they can't stop me. Right. Thank you for asking, right. and you have a pixie dusted day, will you? You too. And where can people find the book? Um, it will be out in uh, the first part of next month, which is, what, September? Yeah, next September, month. September, uh, on Amazon. Or on my website. Go on my website anyway. You'll see me in pretty pictures and I'll be on the sound stage and all kinds of fun stuff. And it's called TinkerbellTalks.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless. Yeah! Hello, everybody. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.